So initially when people think of like automation, they might think of IFTTT or Zapier or those kind of things. So I use Zapier as an example because it's quite a good entry point for businesses. Um, it was the one I first started on and I think most of you might be at that kind of level. Um, but really it's about, so we change. The five uh, things we're gonna look at is what is automation, uh, how it can benefit your business. Um, the three, the three of my favorite ones I'd recommend you start uh, by looking at and then some practical use. So if one of you would be happy, we can go through maybe a challenge you've got and I can show you how you can use uh, Zapier or Integromat to like overcome that challenge. So whether it's um, getting a list of all of your clients or every, or automating a part of your admin that maybe takes up a lot of time. And I'll give you some examples of stuff I've done in the past. Um, just how I, I've saved about two to three hours a week of admin just by using these tools. And then at the end we can have a Q and a maybe just discussion points and then uh, some ideas for the next session. So really um, automation is about connecting your apps and automating workflows so you can focus on your most important work. So for me, rather than doing Excel sheets and updating columns and admin, I can then go and focus on the training and the development that I enjoy doing. Um, you can integrate all of your apps so they run behind the scenes. I think there's about 2,000 covered by Zapier, but uh, Zapier, sorry. But you can also create your own um, custom uh, workflows. So if there's a piece of software that's not covered, it's quite easy for you to then just go in and, and uh, add it to the system. Um, Again, it can start off being really, really basic as I'll show you with IFTT, and then it can become quite complex. So really it's about thinking what's relevant. Like for every, every time you wanna set up an automation, you have to think what's the point? Like what is the real reason I'm doing this? Otherwise it could actually give you more work than less. And then if you've got any specific, anything uh, very unique to your business, if you're like a VA or a health professional, I could show you how to do something um, just for your industry or just for your particular use case in a one-to-one. -one. So as we said, everything starts with a trigger and then an action. So it's, um, again, IFTTT is if this, then that. So if A happens, then B also has to happen. So for example here, every time I save a marketing guide to Pocket, it'll automatically send out a slightly customized tweet via Hootsuite. So it just means it saves that extra step that I'd have to take or, or remembering to do that in a busy day. But yeah, if you can just understand the trigger followed by an action, that is basically, that's the core of what we're going to talk about. Um, and these can be interchangeable. There's uh, yeah, maybe two, three, four thousand different apps you can, you can add. So it could be your Excel docs, your HubSpot, Hootsuite, MailChimp, anything. Anything that you're using can normally be added in, into this kind of framework. Again, as I said, why are you using the tool? Like, what is the reason that it will benefit your business is really to save time and to make sure that these kind of smaller duties, maybe stuff that's mundane, a bit boring, can actually be covered. And you know that it's always running, up, running for you in the background. So every time I set up a tool, you think about what you're trying to achieve, how much time will it save? Um, and can it, importantly, can it be automated easily or does it require someone to check it over? For example, I'd never post on LinkedIn using an automation tool because there might be spelling mistakes. It might have some kind of grammar that just doesn't fit right. There's always things that you're gonna to have to kind of check over and sign off yourself. 
So I'd say don't don't trust it too much. Just do the the repetitive uh, data entry more than anything else to start with. And then also um, you can monitor how it's working. There's in in Zapier and Integromat, it will show you if all if everything has actually gone through successfully. So maybe every week or two you can just check just to make sure it's all tidy. And then again, as up here, you have to make sure that you can trust uh, that everything you've set up is correct and also how accurate your selections are. So for example, if you're sending an email and you wanna make sure that you pull in someone's name, you need to make sure that you selected their first name rather than their last name or their company. So again, it's just about uh, trial and error and a bit of testing to get started. Um, I set some up at the beginning of lockdown. It took me about four hours to do all of them. And they saved me about two, three hours a week for the whole of lockdown. So for me, it was a worthwhile investment. And I think it's cut off, but just at the bottom, we actually have the ones I'm using, which is HubSpot, MailerLite, Google Sheets, Eventbrite, Wave, which is an accounting software, Trello, which is productivity, and then Pocket, as you can see at the very bottom. Um, and then here's some examples of ones that I've, I've worked with other like clients, friends, etc. on. So it's really thinking what mundane tasks uh, would you either maybe send, outsource um, via Fiverr Upwork or just you don't, really don't get around to doing. So for, um, for me, it's all about this, uh, the bite-sized marketing guides. So as you know, every Friday I create an event and then off the back of that, I'll do like a little guide, a workbook, a bit of content. But it's, I don't get paid for it and it takes up a lot of time to do all the admin for this. So I've created it in a way where every time I get a new subscriber, they get added to an Excel sheet and they get added to my, my HubSpot CRM. And they also get added to my, um, my emails as well and get included in an email campaign. So rather than manually kind of dragging them across, entering the data every time, checking it, I know that that's all being ta uh, taken care of. And it just, it frees up time for me to focus on other work. Um, for my accounting, I don't just want to trust Wave. I also want to have a hard copy myself. So every time I get a new invoice or a new customer, it will create a new entry for me in an Excel so I can always go back and check. Um, and it also just for accounting, it just means I can look at the Excel at the end of the year, do my taxes, and I know that everything's been covered. I don't have to go back and check my bank statements or my invoices or anything like that. It's that, especially for account accounting, is very powerful. Um, is, as, hmm? Sorry, is that on Wave or? That's Wave, QuickBooks, Zero, yeah. any accounting software. The, the software is irrelevant, it's the process. But yeah, that, you could do that with any accounting software that you've got. Okay. Um, and then you've got trigger a database update when a lead is generated. So if you're using a CRM, like if you have a content management system, if you're seeing who's going on your website or using Google Analytics or anything like that, you can trigger it that when um, you get a conversion or when someone hits a milestone, it will put them into a particular pool. For example, if someone goes to your site and downloads a copy of a PDF, it can automatically then talk to your email, email campaign system and put them into a new email series. You can start to do things that are based uh, around the user rather than you just sending out a newsletter. You can actually, actually um, tie everything together, make it work seamlessly, and also just have a bit more of a personal touch.
So if um, when, no matter when someone starts on the marketing guide series, they're going to get updates. If they go to certain of the actual live trainings, they'll get different emails as well. So they have a completely personalized uh, experience. Um, as I and another good one is if you're working on Slack, if you if you work with a small team or if you have to work with anyone else, you can you can use filters. So anytime an email comes from someone, it can go into a Slack conversation. So it can basically tell other people about the new jobs that are coming in. Again, these ones are a bit like more advanced and they take a little bit of time. I think for now, it's just focusing on the, the one admin task that takes you the most time and we can kind of overcome that. Um, if any of you using WooCommerce, again, there's loads you can do around WooCommerce about personalizing the experience. Uh, you can track any sales, any new customers, any signups. And it, for example, if someone bought from you, you could add them to your CRM. From that, you could send them a personalized email from Gmail, and you could also like them on Facebook or interact with them on social media. So if we go, um, one second, I'll show you the initial one. So that is the basic action, as we said, trigger, uh, trigger to an action. Once you get used to it, you can do a trigger and then lots of different actions that could complete a whole piece of work. So you don't have to do 10 individual trigger actions. They become like a, a combination and they can grow your business. So for example, every time someone went to Eventbrite, I would also try and track them in Google Analytics. I did that for the first two weeks. And then after that, I realized I wanted to add them to my database, to my Excel. So I added them to my Excel. If they were a new client, I can send them an email, I can add them to HubSpot, and I can send them like a, actually add them to my newsletter campaign. And these, obviously this takes time, but it's just, you start at the beginning and then you find out what other actions you'd need to do. So for example, I could sit with you and look at um, all of the software you're using and what you need to work out. And then we can, we can plan something like this together um, so you know that every single um, integration has been covered. Um, the important thing is not only what software you're using, but what data from that software you're capturing. So really it's about being specific. So if you, again, I said you want to make sure you get the email, the name or the company correct. Here you can literally pick any, um, any point of data that you need to at all. So if you were even looking for their, their Facebook or their social or uh, maybe the company they come from, you can kind of tweak and customize it to make it uh, fit with your own marketing. So for example, if you're a wellness company and you're targeting uh, people in central London who have anxiety issues, for example, you can pull out those key factors and build a campaign just for them. And then you can do a separate one for people dealing with PTSD or stress or whatever it is. But it means that, again, it, every every time that you work, it can seem like you're uh, doing a personalized service when in fact you you're not you have time to work on other parts of your business as well, but also come across as a very personalized tailored service. Um, I know some of that was a bit advanced, but I'll, I'll go through the very basic personal IFTT Zapier, which is where I think most of you should kind of start off. And then where I am, which is Integromat, which is where you have, you sit down with someone, you work out your strategy. 
So I'm just going to go to the, uh, give me two seconds. I'm going to go to the website. In the meantime, do you guys have any questions? Nope. Theo, sorry. Uh, I was trying to unmute myself. Sorry uh, for being so late. Um, HubSpot, mm -hmm. is that... Is that like lead pages or is it more than lead pages? HubSpot is a, it's a complete CRM. So um, I don't know if you were there for Power Hour 14, but a CRM basically tracks your customers, your leads and how they kind of how they uh, go through the journey. I'll just show you very quickly. I'll just go to HubSpot and you can see. Is it a free uh, software or is it paid for? Uh, oh, I use the free version and you can, again, so I use the free version without the email campaigns and I use this automation to get the email campaigns from MailerLite. So you can see here, it starts at 33 pound a month. However, you get um, your, your kind of database, companies, deals, tasks, uh, booking forms, meeting calendars. Um, there's a lot you can do with it in the free, with the free package. Um, you can do customer service, you can have Facebook bots, um, conversations, etc. And then you'd use something like, like Zapier to extend that. Oh. Um, but I have, I have done one before. I'll send you a link to the HubSpot specific one. And I might even do a full session on HubSpot in the future because it's a really good bit of software. Yeah. For example, it integrates with um, your email. Every time I send an email, HubSpot will kind of track that lead and keep like a conversation. So you, it, it will basically tell you how many times you've spoken to someone, what you've spoken to them about, and what the next step is going to be. So it's kind of like having your own kind of admin person. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, we'll do a separate one on HubSpot. But yeah, I highly, highly recommend it. There's loads of different options. You've got like uh, Salesforce is the big top one. HubSpot, um, Crystal, uh, there's Lo Copper. There's loads of small business ones. But for me, this is just... It's the one that I love the most. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so the three types of automation, everyone's probably seen ads for IFTTT. And what that means is, as we said, let's get this page. If, if a trigger, then an action. So for example, if let's say, what's that, actually got it? No, IFTT is quite limited. This is more for uh, Alexa, for example. So you connect your Alexa or you connect your Android device. Uh, you can, let's see what else is on here. Uh, Bitly for short, shortening links. Uh, Buffer for social media. Uh, Dropbox, for example, every time you got an email with an attachment, you could set this up to save that an attachment in a folder in your Dropbox. And you could say, every time I get an email from Cassandra, it's going to then folder it away and put it in a, a certain place for me to come back to. Or every time someone likes my Facebook page, I'm going to send them a notification. Um, but and you've got the whole Google suite here, Google Calendar, Contacts, Docs, Drive, Sheets. Um, but again, this is more consumer focused. Um, I use it, for example, whenever I come home from work, it'll automatically turn on my Wi-Fi on my phone and turn off the mobile data. So those little kind of day-to-day -day things it's quite good for. But you would start, 
Um, one second. So the two I've got at the moment are quickly create events in Google Calendar. So I can press a single button and it will create a meeting in Google Calendar for me. And then I'll just fill in the details afterwards. Just if I'm out and about, it just saves you a bit of time. And as I said, whenever I come home, it'll switch to Wi-Fi, just saving mobile data. And it will know as soon as I leave or come back, it will change some settings on my phone for me. Um, then this is uh, Zapier, which gets a lot more interesting. So this is, there's a free plan that gives you 100 tasks per month and up to five different uh, flows. Above that, you'll have to pay for it. So I do, um, again, you want to think about what the purpose is. You don't want to have loads of automation flows because it'll just cost you more money. But if you, um, let's go back to this. Here we go. So three ones I use this for. Every time I get a, a new MailerLite subscriber, every time someone signs up to my newsletter, it'll automatically add them to my CRM, saving me the time to go back and forwards and check. Um, every time someone registers for one of these events, it'll actually put them into a database on Google Sheets. And then the same with the subscriber. So every t basically every time uh, I've got an action, it'll just store the information and it'll, it'll put it away for me so I can come back to it. Um, with the free version, you only get a single trigger and then a single action. If you pay, then you can have multiple. So it could be MailerLite would talk to HubSpot and then Gmail and then whatever else. But on this free plan, it's only uh, A and then B. So for example, add to, I'll pick um, Eventbrite. You get, you'd select the app that you want. You would then create a trigger. And then again, it asks you to select. So you'd have to obviously sign into these things and then you can, it'll, it'll let you, um, it'll tie everything together and it'll pull your, your exact events, your exact data. There we go. I'm just testing the trigger. So now it knows every time I do a new event, it's going to pull the information. And then this is where it gets interesting. You can pick any anything. So you could, uh, let's have a little look. These are the apps I've installed at the moment. So you could send a form, HubSpot, create something, Google Docs, calendar sheets, social media. Um, but there are about 2,000 on there. And then once you fill that out, let me see if this is going to work. So this is where you would just pick um, which newsletter group it's going to. Uh, it, you can really customize it. So if someone from Eventbrite only wants to hear from you about your events and not about your content, this is how you would uh, define what they're going to receive. It's going to come out of this quickly. So if you guys can start thinking about like the stuff that you use on a daily basis, if you're using uh, Google Sheets or Facebook or any of these, so 
Let's have a quick look. Sorry, Theo, could I just ask a quick question? Yeah, of course. In that second half of what you were doing there, mm -hmm. the options that came up looked as though they had already been personalized. Uh, that's because I've already done that. So it stores your information and you can then, so you don't have to do it twice. Uh, okay. So, but, but for when you're starting, you have to set up those choices so that they're what comes up as the choice of what you can do. Uh, so you would have to log into your account. So whenever you add a new app, it'll ask you to like sign in via the, that actual platform sign in. So that's right. all secure. And then it will uh, do a test and it will say, these are the fields that we found. For example, Google Sheets, it will show, it will ask you to pick a, a document and then pick a sheet within that document so that it knows exactly where it's going. Or with Slack, it will, it will pick like a channel. With Twitter, it might ask you to pick a hashtag, for example. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you set it up once and then you go back and it's retained that information. But yeah, for example, I could save a video to my Google Drive and it'll automatically upload it to YouTube for me. Again, uh, things like that, it won't always give you the best description, the best content. So it's worth going back in um, and personalizing it in some cases. You got your payments or your Stripe. So maybe every time uh, someone buys from you, it could update your CRM or whatever, however else you want it to work. Um, I don't know if you're doing any e-commerce or selling online. Nope. I know, Cassandra, you were thinking of doing like bookings, event bookings, but that would be in the future, I guess. Yeah, that would be in the future. So I that's going to be somewhere, something that can come into it as well. Like events and bookings and payments and um, kind of when you're interacting with more than a handful of clients, it's quite a, a good way of keeping track of them. Uh, are you any using QuickBooks or you said MailChimp, Office 365? Yeah. yeah. So it gives you examples of what you can pair with it. So for, um, maybe every time that you create a document, it will add a reminder in your calendar to complete that document. Or if you're working with someone else, it'll add it to Slack. It's just uh, a case of use, uh, look at their examples and then work out from that what you'd like to do next. Um, so those guided workflows are ones that have been pre-set up, if you like. The automatic links between two different apps. Yeah, so they try and make it easy for you. So they give you categories. Right. And then once you know what you're looking for, it's going to give you examples of how, how things work together. It's yeah. always driven by the most popular um, integrations. Yeah. So, you, but yeah, it gives you a nice little head start. Um, and then what, also, if you go onto their forum, it will show you basically everything people have done and also people's reviews on those actions as well. Um, so that's Zapier, which is nice, but it does have quite a, I think it's $20 a month once you're using 100 zaps. Uh, but for example, I might get 50 subscribers a month and then maybe 30 Eventbrite bookings. So for me, it's within that kind of threshold. Uh, but you, for example, you wouldn't want to do it for every email you got because you'd instantly just... Um, use your allowance. Did you say there's a free? Yeah, so for this one is completely free, uh, up to 100 zaps, up to 100, uh, you can see here, uh, 100 tasks, 
And then 750 tasks is $20. So that's why I try and only use it for um, like kind of high value, low quantity uh, tasks. So when you're looking at booking subscribers or like key actions with your client. So for example, if um, people were filling out a questionnaire for you or if they were doing something that would really give you some valuable data, you can then share that like automate the the admin side of that uh, the next one so obviously we had iftt which is the consumer zapier which is the entry for business and then integromat is a slightly more this is where maybe i'd sit down with you and we go through something a bit more complex um let me just bring this up so this is very drag and drop so you can just move things around if I start from scratch, hold on. Um, actually gives you, let me move this out of the way. Um, gives you templates to start with. So again, like everything, if you're not sure, um, it, it picks its most popular apps and it shows you how to work with them. Um, let's see, we could turn the phone to Google Sheet. So if you're doing, uh, for example, answering phones for, for another business, it can track all the calls, the phone numbers, and put them into Google Sheets. So you can actually have a summary of all the work that you've done. If you're working on, like a, pro on a project or time base, it can work with time management software to actually just to do all of the, the timesheets for you. Um, let's find one that might be relevant for you. Create MailChimp subscribers from new Google Sheets rows. So I think, Emily, that was what we mentioned before. Um, similar kind of idea. The only difference here is that there's so much more you can do with this. Uh, you'd connect, as we mentioned, you connect uh, your accounts. Let's cancel this for now. Because um, I mean, uh, one second. Um, because that was a, a, a tutorial, it wanted me to sign into the accounts. Well, obviously, I, I didn't. I don't really want to sign in right now, so I've just uh, moved away from that. So if I just remove some of these, so it's all uh, kind of click based, and you can just drag. Um, the apps around as you need them. So you select on that, you can uh, say delete the module, go down to the bottom and find uh, your pre-existing apps. And then again, once you click on the app, it gives you the most popular tasks. So you can delete, copy, move. For example, if, you, if you're getting um, too many emails from a certain person, you can automatically move them to another inbox or into a, into a folder for you to deal with later. Uh, you can send an email based on an action. So I say send an email. That's and then you can connect that to uh, your HubSpot. And then again, you've got all of these things like you can create a record update so if uh, if someone updated their email address or updated their company details it could do all of that for you so i won't connect with it now 
Um, and then the important thing with this is, so if you put say two together, so if a trigger, then an action, we just remove this. Just get these out of your way. For trigger, then an action, um, but it's only say a certain aspect. So only emails coming from a certain person or a certain time of the day or weekends, maybe anything that happens after five o'clock, for example, you can create a filter, which means say evenings. And then it gives you a whole list of options. Um, let's have a look at here, it doesn't end with equal to. It, you create date time operations later than, say five o'clock. And then, so that would mean that every email that you get after say five o'clock could then be filtered out and put into another mailbox or put into an Excel for you to come back to. Um, with this one, what I like about it is for the free version, you get a thousand uh, actions. So 10 times we do on Zapier and it's a lot more flexible. So if there's not, if we um, go back to the zaps, here you've got like all of the bigger players, Active Campaign, Agile CRM. In lockdown, subscribe to a practice management system that mm -hmm. has lots of this built in. So now, rather than me sending clients a list of appointment opportunities, they can log in themselves and pick their own um, appointment time from my diary. Mm -hmm. And it does loads of stuff like this. But I think the problem initially is working out, like, um, like you said, working out what are the repetitive tasks that you do. Mm. Um, and every day is different for me. I can't, I, there, there will be some things I do regularly, but it's, it's knowing, knowing that it's available and then applying it to what you do. Yeah. I mean, it might, I think, I think, sorry, if I may, Theo, that's a really clever insight, Emily, because what you've also done is by you've handed that work to the customer because they can log in and choose, but actually most customers actually prefer that because the, the hassle of calling and they're not getting you and they're not knowing if they've got an appointment and then waiting for you to come back. Actually, it helps them if they can just log in. Yeah, and, check and they can change their appointments and reschedule. And Correct. Um, and from your point of view, yeah. it doesn't matter whether you see them on 11 o'clock on Thursday or 12 o'clock on Friday. Yeah. So as long as you're not seeing somebody else then. So that really, I can see how that works really well. Is that, I guess, that's like calend Calendly, I think it's called. Mm. Well, you see, I found that quite off-putting in a way because I would log into somebody else's box because it, all I wanted was to have a chat, right? The idea that you log in and fix a time when it's convenient for you to talk. And I'm thinking, well, if I was them, I'd be furious because I'd be thinking, actually, I don't want to talk to you about 11 o'clock on Thursday because I'm actually going to use that for something else. Whereas in Emily's case, she's got blocks of time, which she knows are for seeing customers. Yeah. So if one of those gets taken, it doesn't matter. Whereas with Calendly, it just seems to be a bit open-ended. And, and in fact, that's exactly what happens. Because then I get a, a punch back from the person having booked it, saying, actually, that's not a convenient slot. Can we have something else? And it's like, oh, because I just booked that. You made me go through all these hoops to get half an hour of your time at 10.30. And now you're saying you want to do it in the afternoon. The thing we can Emily, which, which package are you using or what software? It's called Practice Better. 
and it's for um it's aimed at nutritionists Oh, okay. And that's what's great about it because everything is all the tools. Oh, right. they know so it's, yeah. it's actually geared up for your type of practice. Yeah. yeah. And it has like, it is expensive, but it is. I know that it's saving me time. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like that's bespoke for my my profession. So it's easy to buy into that because everything it's offering me, I think, oh, that's a good idea. I'll I'll do that. And there's loads of automations you can set up. So I'm probably only using five percent of it at the moment. But this is just so big, isn't it? And I'm thinking there are loads of things that it probably could help me with, but I'd need to spend the time and work out what you need, what I need and whether it's worth the time setting it up because I don't do them that regularly. Um, yeah, so start with, um, as we said, go back and look at what you're doing over the first six months and where your time's going. Yeah. But this is something I mentioned with Azim uh, two weeks ago, I think, uh, this focus to do. I don't know if you can all see this kind of structure and it monitors how much time you're spending on certain tasks. So if right. you're computer-based and obviously, um, Emily, you're probably not too computer-based because you're um, more dealing with people face-to-face. -face. Is that correct? Well, now it's on Zoom, so I'm, I'm on a computer even if I am with people. So, um, yeah, I would say probably, I don't know, 70% of my time is on the computer. 30% is actually talking to clients. Um, so when I when I start, what I would do is for for the week, I'd put in my tasks. I'll, I've tried to just put some draft ones here. There's this rescue time, which is an app that uh, it basically logs uh, how much time you're using on software when you change on it. So if if I was on Facebook and I went to my emails, it would automatically know which one I'm working on. Oh, okay. So you can see here, I spent today. I spent an hour on uh, my emails, half an hour on designing the presentation, etc. And that is another good way, but um, you might need a bit more practice to get used to this. But over, over a month, over a quarter of a year, you can see where all your time is going and that all works in the background for you. Sorry, Theo, can I just clarify that? You said you've got been working on social media and then you went to do something else. Mm -hmm. Taking Cassie's point, if both applications are open, how is this recognizing which one is active? Oh, it's the one that's on the front of your screen. So if you have two tabs open and I had my Gmail and my Facebook and I changed, or if I moved one tab in front of the other, it's the one that you're actually active on. Oh, right. Oh, clever. That would work. So if you shut down then, so if you get up and you've mm. got, I don't know, your emails open, but you get up and you go and do something, mm. it still recognizes or still thinks that you are on your emails, for instance, until- I believe it times out, hold on, let me check. Because obviously I spend a lot more time at the desk than what it monitors. But I think that it does time out, but I need to look into that. Okay. Um, let's have a quick look. So again, this might be slightly off topic, but I recently got an email from Microsoft, which was entitled My Analytics. And it appeared to be attempting to do something like this, um, saying you spent this much time doing A, B, and C, right? But this sounds like a more sophisticated version of what they're doing. They're just monitoring whatever, presumably Microsoft apps I've been using. Yeah, I've had that as well. It, it, it was telling me how productive my week has been based on my calendar, my Microsoft calendar. And that's, that's another reason why I hate these people. How dare they tell me what I've been doing? 
I know, I was a little bit like... But of course, actually, I do want to know, but I just resent being told. Yeah. I mean, that's the difficulty, isn't it? You've got to get this balance right between, you know, actually doing the productive stuff and, and monitoring it versus getting absorbed in, oh, I'm not spending enough time doing X and Y, but it's not actually changing. So I think, I think what you're pointing out here, Theo, is actually really useful because you've got to do the thinking behind what you're trying to monitor first. Mm. And once you've got that, then you can see that the results are either helping you or you've got to change something to get the outcome you want. Exactly. So I think it's that thinking through. And I think that's the bit that I haven't done. I haven't thought what I'm really trying to monitor. And, yeah. and I guess that's the critical factor. Yeah, that was even from the beginning of the presentation. It's think about, so what's the purpose? But also with this, you could do it for um, your working day versus your evening or, and it does across devices. So it works on my tablet, my phone and my computer. And it will, it will tell you um, to start with how much time you're spending on emails on your phone, for example, versus your computer and gives you that kind of like insight. But you need to really plan out first what you want, it, what you want to monitor. A quick question, what password apps are people using? And LastPass is very good and Truekey. So LastPass is a good, let me just find it. I don't know if any of you've got a better solution. No, I, I, I don't Writing them down on a piece of paper? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember yeah. one because I just... Memory. Because yeah. don't you need a password to get into that as well? You do need a password for LastPass. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually I, I really like it like it's... that would be dreadful if you can remember that <laughs> well I, I i must admit i actually use the one that's built into windows um because yeah, I, think... I just find I've, I, but the problem is of course if anybody hacked into my desktop then guess what they get into everything for free yeah so it's it's uh not not necessarily foolproof last pass Last Especially part. since, as a small, you know, and I don't one. think my my IP provider is uh, using dynamic IP addresses. So I think I'm stuck with the same IP address whether I like it or not. Even if I disconnect, when I connect up again, I seem to still have the same static IP. Oh, you can change that, by the way. There's there's software you can use to change that. Really? Um, really? That would be interesting. <laughs> Certainly up for that. I'm a, as you can tell, I'm a bit of a tech geek, but. Uh, <laughs> No, we would never have guessed. <laughs> Actually, I thought you were in marketing myself, yeah. but maybe I got that marketing wrong. Marketing tech, marketing tech. That's why I used to enjoy the cybersecurity events because the whole tech side was interesting. So this one, Proton VPN, you can change your IP address, uh, you can change your location, you can change everything you want for free. Oh, I love it. So I can pretend I to be I've a Russian, whatever, can't I? I've, I've got Norton um, security on mine. So there is a built-in... Um, uh, password uh, memory thing that's on there as well but I don't use it because I just feel like there's my password is in so many different places like it's stored automatically when I log in because it asks me mm. so I'm like oh I just I, I just don't like leaving too much you know automated signing in processes <laughs> um, you know, on my on on the laptop, but I, you know, my Norton uh, security has that function as well, which is why I haven't used an app, and I write it down <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Have any of you got any other questions about like the automation tools before we close? And we'll do another one on security. Uh, yes, I wanted. So a lot of what I do is research, 
online. So if somebody comes to me with a health condition, I will spend hours um, exploring that from a, a, a natural perspective and looking up research papers that have done trials on natural things to help with that. Is there, could I automate that so that it would save everything I looked at? Not, um, you need to look into it, but there's something, let me just go back and screen share. There's something I like called Pocket. Can you see my browser at the moment? Yeah. So Pocket is amazing. It's like a, I'm not sure if you used it before. It's, it used to be called Read It Later. It's been out since the kind of mid 2000s, I think. Um, and it has a Chrome plugin. So if you look up here, save to pocket. Yeah. So every time you find a resource paper you like, you click that. And then if you, well, as you click it, let me do an example. So I use Neil Patel for a lot of inspiration. He's like a, um, a marketing, marketing guru, he calls himself. Um, so I'll go to Neil Patel. I'll find a bit of a uh, page that I want to save. I'd click on pocket. It then gives you the option to add a tag. So if you were doing a particular disease or particular ailment, you can yeah. do it as whatever it is. And then as you select it, it's saved for you. Uh, then all you've got to do is go to your pocket and it will have everything categorized and kind of tagged by those, by those ailments. Brilliant. So I could have one, say, for psoriasis, and every time I clicked on that, it would save it into that folder exactly and then if you wanted to you could use something like zapier to then create a list of those so you could go back and you could have a record of all of in an excel all of those elements and every piece of content related to those elements so you could okay. then just search in there sorry Thea, are you based in kensington uh, pardon are you based in kensington are you spying on me I thought, sorry um, <laughs> well no mr patel is, have your address please no, mr patel <laughs> is spying on you says, hey, I'm Neil Patel. I'm determined to make a business in Kensington successful. My only question is, will it be yours? Oh, so yeah, I'm assuming know. he's decided you're living in Kensington. Uh, I'm actually in Ealing, but I've put my IP as Hammersmith in Kensington because I do a lot of work. Ah. So I'm going to get Proton VPN quick. And <laughs> I'll get this thing saying, I'm determined to make a business in Tonga successful. Will it be Yours. <laughs> you, can do it for, you can do it for other parts of the country. So obviously we're based in London, but if you wanted to target a different area, you could quite easily. Mm. So if you wanted to pretend uh, to say that you're in Manchester, you're a consultant serving people in Manchester. It's a nice way of doing that as well. Um, I'm going to speak to um, Alan, the security expert, and probably book something in for maybe a month's time on like cybersecurity. What's um, the he, best security, as in software for your PC or your laptop? I use Avast. I mean, they're all quite interchangeable. Like the paid mm -hmm. ones don't do much more than the unpaid ones, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. So I actually use Avast free um, and with some other bits and pieces. Avast? Avast, yeah. A-V-A-S-T. And unless you're... A government agent or something there's no real reason to pay for McAfee or Norton they do have the upgrade models you can see here for example uh, free version scans for security weaknesses scans for hackers looks for viruses and other, other malware on your computer you could then pay um, for extra features the, the firewalls already with Microsoft you can like kind of 
block things from coming at you with by paying for it but the free level gives you like the core core features i think maybe that's that's what it is it's about understanding um the the antivirus that you do get and what the difference is and, and what the different features are to make sure that you're maximizing all the features that you do have because i've paid for mine but i don't i don't even know if i'm utilizing it in the best way um because I, I i've downloaded it because i think well that's what i need to do um mm. anything other than that i have no idea and if it, I don't if it's, when it sends I... me a report I will look at it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about what all the information that it's telling me. So I think it's just understanding the information that you need to be aware of and the information that would be good to understand, but isn't essential. So, yeah, so being able to understand the messages. So from time to time, when I'm, say, I have my browser open, and I'll get a message that my security software is telling me, your presence online is not as secure as you think. And being able to understand what are they trying to tell me? Do I need to do anything? What do I need to do? Do you to need do? to panic? Like, what, yeah. What, yeah. Am I doing something wrong? You're like, well, am I exposed to hackers? Or what, what is it? You know, so a yeah. lot of people probably have similar questions. I think Cassie just made a really important point about the fact is we're all suffering from information overload. You know, you, how, do you, how do you work out which bits of information are important and aren't? Just generally. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were using a specific example, but I think the general point is really valid. Mm. So that when somebody tells you something like, you know, your communication isn't secure and you're thinking, well, what do you mean? I haven't done anything. You know, why is it suddenly insecure? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that is part of the problem. Be having the confidence that what you're doing is sound. So unless something has happened, you can ignore all of these things. And honestly, if you've got any other questions, anything, so we said about, security of data, how to understand what data, what's, uh, data is important and how to deal with data overload. Mm, yeah. Well, hopefully that was helpful. And if any of you want a quick intro on to how to use Zapier for a particular task, uh, just let me know. Um, I'd probably say, yeah, try that and then maybe move to Integromat just because Integromat takes a bit more of a, there's a bit more of a learning curve with it. Will you just send like a, are you going to send like an overview of what you talked about? So the links to the, to the various different sites that you spoke about, because that would be helpful. Um, that's all going to come in the marketing guide, but to be honest, okay. that's going to be a couple of weeks away just because of um, timelines. So if okay. I can send them in this the is something you need to automate there. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, video editing, you can't. If someone, if no, no, I, think, I think human interaction is required there. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where automation would then go on to maybe an associate or a VA or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. There are some things that if you can't do yourself, you would need to delegate. Mm -hmm. See you guys next week. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you all. Anybody wants to get in touch, just look on LinkedIn. Yeah, we'll hook up on LinkedIn. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.